Welcome to the Digital Coffee Date, created and hosted by Jessica Rosado, writer, producer, content creator, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your weekly inspirational dose of incredible women who are making a powerful global footprint. Our conversations feature different women from all walks of life who share their experiences through both successes and failures alike. These stories empower and encourage the female footprint in a society originally structured for them to fail. Whether it be through philanthropy, entrepreneurship, or even the corporate ladder, women are creating a global footprint that will impact the future. This week's digital coffee date is with tech entrepreneur, published model, and creator and contributor for the She Wants to Move book, Joanna Rose Cabildo. beautiful. How are you? Very well, thanks. And yourself? Doing good. Now, fun fact, Joanna and I are Insta friends turned real life friends. So I'm so thankful for your friendship and of course, to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. Really appreciate you taking the time to invite me. Yes. So Joanna, you are a published model creator and contributor for the She Wants to Move book and a multifaceted tech entrepreneur. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Can you talk about what it's like wearing different hats in a variety of industries? Absolutely. So as for as long as I can remember, um, especially as a kid, if you call up my mother right now and ask her what I answered to be when she asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, she will give you the answer saying that I wanted to be everything from a veterinarian, zoologist, all the way to a mechanic, to a model, to (laughs) a chef, um, engineer, to a doctor, etc. I had a wild imagination and I grew up thankfully in a generation where you have endless opportunities if you let yourself get pushed to that point and I was just really thankful that I got out of my comfort zone from several past experiences and just went for it. It's honestly um, difficult at some times, um, especially when your mind has to juggle so many different types of people. But at the same time, I feel that I am a little bit of an insomniac paired with a teensy bit of ADHD. So (laughs) thankfully, my mind kind of has that capacity to juggle a lot at once. Thankfully, again, passion drives you to do whatever you want, be the best self. And honestly, if you have a dream, you should definitely go for it. That's amazing. So we could probably sit here and talk for hours about the lessons you've learned from the various projects and businesses you've developed. But primarily with She Wants to Move, which is a book I was also featured in of incredible powerhouse women and their experiences, What was that experience like from the vision to the catalyst that pushed you to create it to the overall mission itself? So with She Wants to Move, it was a bit of 
an experimental project. It came last minute. Um, unfortunately, last year, I had quite a bit of a rough year. I lost um, a handful of loved ones, including two specific girlfriends that were under the age of 30. One was mm-hmm. a lawyer. One was a self-made entrepreneur that also wore many hats. And that absolutely broke my heart. So on top of always wanting to create a woman's empowerment project, I decided that this would be the the most amazing opportunity to network out with all these outstanding women around the world to put them on a platform and basically create new relationships. So I, again, wanted to get engulfed with some sort of project that would be a creative outlet. And I ended up messaging a ton of people. There were a ton of roadblocks like Instagram shadow banning my profile to me having to create another one just to have that one blocked to emails getting blocked to LinkedIn maxing out my amount of searches or messages, just editors bailing out last minute to losing um, X amount of documents, even though I did back them up. (laughs) Um, And of course, there is life. So with having that many contributors, uh, unfortunately, some of them did have some losses in the family, some sort of issues with their jobs, and obviously that delayed the timeline. Um, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And basically, we managed to create something just absolutely beautiful with so many different voices and personalities. Um At first, I had a bit of a guideline of just how I wanted it. And I had this vision in my head of people sticking to one sort of format. But at the same time, when you have that many people involved with the project, you have to keep in mind that they will definitely want to do their own thing or have their own opinions, etc. And at the end of the day, I saw it as the perfect flip of a situation. Instead of me being really upset that certain people did the project a certain way, I saw it as a huge positive because now it gave the book character. It gave it that extra diversity. It gave it that extra leverage. And um, we had an amazing time networking out with each other. Unfortunately, we did have to cancel some events. Um, we had an amazing Moe and Hennessy event planned so we can join a bunch of the girls uh, along with some organized photo shoots. <laughs> Unfortunately, COVID did cancel those, but thanks to little challenges on TikTok and social media, we've been able to keep in touch and sort of work together on little fun projects that keep us connected. Yeah, absolutely. And so it can be so disheartening and such a sad time when you lose loved ones. But I love that you decided you needed a creative outlet and you chose to do something so inspirational and so powerful. You know, a lot of times we go through so many different obstacles and we get these curveballs literally like launched at us and these things that just are not expected. And to be able to kind of 
find something where you can, you know, put your energy into and almost, almost keep your hope and faith alive in that I I think is such a beautiful thing. And there's value in that. And a lot of people can take just even what you did, they can take away from that and say, you know what, like, no matter what may come my way, what can I, what can I do from here? What can I do out of this? What can I do uh, as a creative outlet? What can I, you know, put my focus on that, that can help me through this, that can give me hope, that can give me that faith that I'm looking for in this time of darkness. Absolutely. Honestly, I'm no saint. Um, this was my second rodeo. Um, I had an unfortunate loss again, sort of in the same sort of cluster of a handful of people along with parents divorcing, issues with an ex and just piles of stuff. But in all honesty, the first time I didn't have (laughs) this bright idea of a creative outlet. Um, Again, I'm no saint. So I did experience the flip side of things where I became the workaholic. I ended up just working myself like crazy, working myself sick, drinking disgusting amounts of caffeine just to physically keep my mind and body occupied. And of course, back then, um, I was a reckless teen. So I went out partying with friends and just kind of use that as an escape. So definitely this project showed a lot of growth and to be able to realize, okay, in my past, that could have been way more productive if I just use all that energy and put it towards a meaningful project that would obviously help with networking for the future or even future projects. I mean, who knows where I would have been back then. Right, right. And so I usually talk about challenges, but it's so funny because you kind of just put that in there as well. Like you're like, hey, I went, if you want to know about the whole mission and the vision, like it came with its like with its hurdles and its hills, you know what I mean? And so and that's so true. So, you know, I there's there's such value in that, too. You know, I I always say that the ability to overcome challenges is what sets us up for success, because I don't I, I to me. I think success is a great thing to have victories is a wonderful and beautiful thing, but to be able to be faced with adversity and come out of it and push your way through it and go from survivor to thriver and, you know, make your way through. I think that that is what actually sets us up to receive the success that we're looking for that, that, that is coming to us. So, um, we, you definitely covered that. And that's why I was laughing because I was like, oh my gosh, like it's so true though. You know, every, I think every single time I talk about, you know, whatever my, you know, passion projects are, whatever is on my heart or anything that I'm doing, it always is going to involve the challenges. Like there's no, you know, there's no like, green, completely green pasture to, <laughs> to any, any said thing, you know? So um, I think version, I swear. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And the, and with me, no, no, everyone, everyone gets what it is. And so, and I love that about you as well. And so, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to hear that, yeah, you were faced with stuff, but like, look what came out of it. And it's this incredible book of incredible voices and, you know, everyone's said what they've said and 
their experiences and what they've learned. And I mean, it's like a, it's like its own female Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in all honesty, that's kind of also what I was going for. Um, I said in another friend's podcast, because again, with my wild imagination as a child, um, unfortunately, I kind of got boxed in to this sort of ideal little girl um, world where my mom wanted me playing with dolls instead of cars or instead of playing with these trading cards and bringing this little um, disc out so people can play this. There was this little trinket called Beyblades back oh, then. Yes. I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I basically used to bring this hungry hippo bowl with me to school. And uh, I guess a bunch of the kids would rent it out to do these little Beyblade battles. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I swear my mom took it away from me. And she just wanted me nowhere near that atmosphere. And obviously, I've learned to love a ton of things, everything from coding to actually working on cars. I did work at General Motors even at one point. Um, But again, if I was open to those idols or just even people, women specifically, that found love in whatever they do, no matter how random, no matter what it is, whether it's in technology, whether it's in culinary, whether it's in medicine, whether it's in art, construction, engineering, what have you. I mean, I think I would have definitely taken a different path. And I think it's really important for little girls, especially today, to know that they have the options, that they don't need to just be a makeup artist, not to downplay makeup artists. <laughs> um, right, right. But they don't need to be the typical beauty blogger, fashion blogger, etc. Yeah. If they want to dabble in science or mechanics or um, even anything within STEM, they have the freedom to, and there's a ton of women now that will back them, that do support them, even if your parents don't. And I think it was um, such an inspirational story to see that people in the book, some of them didn't even have the support from their parents, which often does happen today in today's society. They want to pursue their dreams, but again, sometimes their parents don't support it. And Next thing you know, it might go to the extreme where your parents end up kicking you out because they don't believe in you. You're not following their path that they set out for you or they wanted for you. And to see people grow from all their experiences and just really prove everyone that told them they couldn't do something wrong. I really stand for that. I mean, in all honesty, if it wasn't for people like that in my life that told me I couldn't do something, I wouldn't be where I was today. I had one person, I remember, I think it was an ex-boyfriend to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. And he used to make a joke that I didn't have a job. Mind you, I was literally just finishing grade nine and it's technically illegal to even work at that age but I 
ended up breaking up with him eventually. And I remember that year specifically, I told myself, you know what, I definitely want to prove him wrong. So I picked up three part time jobs um, instantly. And seeing everyone like my father, even um, we have this amazing relationship, but he basically told me little things jokingly, like, you need to listen to me, or else you're not going to get a job. So I remember hearing my father telling me, telling me things like that. And go figure when I was of age, I actually went behind his back and applied for the job he had when he first had me and I ended up showing up to his work and he was taken by surprise Mm -hmm. and uh, basically asked me what I was doing there and I told him I got the job and (laughs) next thing you know I was working at General Motors on the line in chassis on a car and it was something I never did before but I definitely wanted to just use that to prove him wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So so what would you say is something you learned about yourself throughout the journey, even just in developing the book? Honestly, I think I learned a ton. I especially didn't have the expectation that I could pull it off, uh, to be perfectly honest. It was so last minute. And the fact that I had, I'm going to say a handful of people in my ear just telling me it's not possible, it won't work. I fell into the trap where I started believing them and thinking about the whole progress, the whole journey. I mean, it was self-published, it was self-formatted for the most part. And even the reach out process, I managed to take all of those contacts and basically organize it, keep in touch with all these people, email them constantly. And you never realize how much 186 women really is until you make (laughs) a project like this. Um, Just to think back to how many hours I put into this project, just talking back and forth. Um, It was just so much time but every minute was worth it. And I I personally grew up as a tomboy. So I never had that many female friends to begin with. Or if I did, they were never clicky. But all of these amazing females, whenever I talked to them, they would send me paragraphs on paragraphs on paragraphs of love and support. And to be honest, I wasn't used to it. And I was thrilled. But again, once you have that much conversation, you have to remember, okay, I also have to focus on work. And I have to do this, I have to do my actual work that pays me, I have to work on my own brand. And again, it was just a lot of juggling that kind of took me off guard. But the fact that I was able to overcome everything and actually somehow pull it off, on top of all of my other random shenanigans, it really did amaze me. And I ended up learning that I could, even though once again, people were doubting me. Once again, this was a project that I knew nothing about. It was absolutely new. All of these people were from all across the world. So to even pull off the fact that we managed to overcome time zones or language barriers sometimes, it was just 
absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I think that that's what's the most powerful part about it is when you think about your takeaways and things that you learned, even just about yourself, you know, you can handle a lot because you've handled a lot, you know, you've done a lot in your life, but when you're presented with something or you come up with this concept and idea and you tackle it and it's brand new, you, you, you almost like got to know what you were made out of. You were like, okay, I can handle this. I got this. No big deal, but big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like a huge eye opener <laughs> once again. Um, yeah. I'm one of those people that, as I said, love proving people wrong, love being that adventurous type, even ended up getting to go to Barcelona, actually. And I got certified as a yoga trapeze instructor because why not? Why? <laughs> And yeah, like again, and to be honest, every random experience always leads to some huge lesson. So for instance, the yoga trapeze um, getaway, basically, I went to this retreat and I sat there somewhere during the course, I found out that the whole time, my whole childhood, the reason why I suffered from such severe eczema was the fact that when I stressed, I would just scratch. You know, I had a lot of people come up to me as a kid saying, oh, you don't freak out. You don't show your anger. You don't show your emotion. If you're pissed off, you'll just sit there straight face like nothing's phasing you. And basically, I found out that the reason why I suffered for so long was because instead of just lashing out with other people, it turned into some sort of messed up self-harming and exactly and my body sort of reciprocated all the stress and it ended up showing on my skin and I ended up having to wear you know hoodies and long sleeves and jeans in the summer just because of how ashamed I was from all the scars and I can't tell you how many tests even that I would take and unfortunately if I had like an open scab and I moved my arm a certain way the cut would open and I'd be literally bleeding under my shirts and it was just that severe and of course it takes that one special experience or moment to realize holy crap this is why my body was doing this this is why I was acting like this wow I mean and it's it's like eye-opening like you and and it's it's these beautiful experiences that we go through in life where we learn that's why I always ask that question like what have you learned about yourself because we learn so many things along the way you know that we kind of just like put in our wheelhouse like okay cool learned that got that that's in my you know my repertoire whatever you want to call it like great you know but to to really on those beautiful moments where you dig deep and you discover certain things about yourself and and you know especially when it's like in your case in a in a way that you know it's it's eye opening so now you you're able to deal with things in a healthier way you're able to change that behavior you're able to work on it and you you know the minute you're aware of something that's where it starts from how okay so what's my next step you know i'm aware of this and how am i going to you know restructure my habits or my life to do x y and z and and so i 
I'm all for those kinds of experiences because we learn so much and it's it's so vital. Honestly, um, especially just hearing other people's stories, that class was actually filled with a ton of older women. Um, so at the end of the course, we actually all went out to dinner and we thankfully landed this private room in a restaurant and everyone ended up turning to each other saying, okay, so we worked our butts off for this course, but we never had the chance to actually sit down and get to know each other. It was so fascinating because we all sort of sat around this table and next thing you know, we were all pouring our hearts out and saying why we were there, what yoga means to us, or just even the fact that we needed this sort of healing outlet. And There was everything from these women that unfortunately got abused um, by their husbands or parents or what have you. Unfortunately, there was some sexual assault cases. There were just bullying incidents and just pure craziness. But again, a lot of people, just like in the book, they might not have necessarily put every single horrific detail onto their page. But just to have that healing outlet, just know that you are being supported by other women that have gone through similar things. It just, it means the world. Yes, absolutely. So what impact have you personally seen the book have on women overall? So I had the luxury of bringing the book over to this haven for women and children. And to bring it over to all these young women and have such a positive response. I mean, they were asking me questions about you guys. They were asking me about different stories. They were just so excited. And I kind of lucked out with a very prestigious group of girls. I asked all of them what they wanted to be when they grew up and they all sort of went towards doctors, fashion designers, uh, Mm -hmm. lawyers, etc. But the second they saw all of you, they really had their eyes open and they basically sat back thinking, oh my gosh, this was never even a job title or a career that I knew I could, I could pursue. And they were just floored. They were so excited and nothing to be honest is more rewarding than having daughters or even mothers reach out to you saying, thank you so much for being a part of this and conducting this and putting this all together, letting my loved one participate. It's just, it means absolute world. Like there are so many amazing individuals that I had the pleasure of meeting or even just chatting with. And for some of them, as I said, they didn't necessarily put every single detail on their pages, but some of them were actually recovering alcoholics. There was one where she had terrible anxiety and she really feared any sort of information sharing of her personal life due to things that have happened in the past or the fact that there was one specific case where I knew someone and I've known her for about, I want to say seven years, give or take. But after the book, she calls me up after she made her submission. She calls me up and she's like, read my submission. So turns out she was an orphan 
And I've known her oh for goodness. so long and somehow, some way it never came up. Um, and I found out that there was only maybe three or four people that actually knew that about her. So her mom actually abandoned her when she was little and she left her on a beach. And oh my goodness. Yeah. So basically, she never really told anyone for that matter. And she calls me saying, I just want to let you know how much of a healing outlet this was. I actually have the courage now to book a ticket and go fly over to my home country and go find my birth mother. All these years, I wanted to do that, but I never had that sort of outlet to put it out there. No one knew about this and to finally release it, especially at this age, just really helps me mature and um, release all that pain I've been holding on to for so long. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I think, you know, that's where when you look at the impact, you know, even in, in the situation where you were able to bring it to these young women, you know, and they're looking at that. We had talked about this earlier where, you know, for so long, society has put women in a box, you know, you can only do a certain kind of thing, you know, and, and as we evolve, that changes and that narrative changes, but it's still a, a, a growing and evolving process. And so to be able to have this book where, you know, the even young women can look at this and see it and go, oh my goodness, like, I can actually do this, I can do this, I can do, wait, what is this? You know, like it just opens their eyes and, and, you know, that's so powerful. And then for your friend who, you know, was able to use it as a healing outlet almost and, and, you know, divulge this information that no one really knew of. And it gave her, and in doing that, it gave her not only healing, but the, the, um, I want to say the encouragement and the willingness to be able to, to find her birth mother. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you have to sit back and look at this and go, what? (laughs) (laughs) To be perfectly honest, again, every now and then I have a chance to sit back with the book. And even just looking at the cover to see that many women. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And to know that we took the time to sit back and chat back and forth. And they took the time out of their day and how almost practically everyone, whether they're part of the book or not, they've all just been showing love. It's just so amazing to have that support over especially a last minute venture. But it, it meant a lot to me just to even create the book. A lot of people don't even know, but subliminally, I hid a couple of people within the cover, um, two of which were my girlfriends that passed away. Um, one was my mother, of course, of, I had to show love to her. Otherwise she would be mad at me. Um, I showed my grandmother who's always been this strong, strong figure in my life. She's the eldest of 12. So she's so used to being a leader. So used to being the chief. Um, and my grandmother that did pass away as well as my boyfriend's mom, 
who actually passed away when he was quite young as well. So it was so special in that sense. Yes, that is so special, Juliana. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so, you know, on the digital coffee date, we always talk about this current societal shift where more and more women are united and speaking out about things that we deserve, speaking up against major injustices. And normally I ask the question of, you know, with whoever I'm speaking to, whoever's the featured guest, you know, how does, you know, their business or in this case, the book or of their platform, whatever it may be, how does it contribute to this powerful moment in time? And I think in talking about this beautiful impact that the book is creating, I think it's the same sort of concept of what, how that's contributing to these stories, because just like we said, with how women have been known to, 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 you know, people try to keep us in a, in a specific box, you know, and, and in the case of the young women having their eyes open to these different things that is contributing to this powerful moment that is contributing to these themes and conversations, because they're looking at this and going, Oh my gosh, if this or that is possible, I can do this or that I can, you know, if this person can speak up or share this personal information and, and be empowered by it, I can do this too. I can speak up about things I can, you know, whatever it is, whether it's what we deserve, whether, I mean, on this show, we talk about things like domestic violence, you know, there have been people that have gone through sexual assault. And you know, you're dealing with all these really heavy things that are going on. And as women, I feel like we're more united than ever in terms of like, hey, sis, I got you, we can do this, you know, we can do this together. And I think that's what your book is is absolutely contributing to it's that same societal shift that same like empowering message of like you can do this like you you literally can move mountains you have no idea well you do because we're doing it it's just it's so amazing to be able to again showcase so many outstanding women it was my goal to showcase women of all types of ethnicities, all different types of ages, all different religions, yes, or beautifully diverse jobs, etc. I mean, even the first page, looking at something like that, that was a British lesbian that has suffered from bullying because of her vitiligo. And long story short, she empowered herself. Um, she went from being a successful person in the finance industry and she quit all of that and became a barber um, out of all things because she wanted to have that creative outlet. She found joy and looking the way she does, she had experiences where people looked at her different and judged her and to be able to wear every last bit of you with confidence is absolutely amazing. She's so happy with where she is in life. And she is just so confident. And I truly admire her for that. Because growing up with my eczema, I mean, that stopped me from modeling for so long. I, I remember when it hit my face, and it got to the point where I was cyber bullied, I had 
a bit of bullying from my peers. You know, people came out to me asking me if I got burnt, left in a fire, if my parents abused me. It really tormented my self-confidence. And I wish I saw people like that, that were proudly, that said, Mm -hmm. screw it screw you. I'm going to be a model. I don't care what people say. Yeah, I love my skin and everything to do with it because that's my differentiating factor. I mean, we sat in a coffee shop in London. And once again, that's a huge blessing. The fact that I was able to even travel and meet more than half these people. But we sat in London and she was telling me all about her skin story and how much she used to get tormented as a kid and how she used to also cover up all of her scars or pigments. And yeah, she just told me, you know what, at the end of the day, this is your skin. You can either wear it proud or hate yourself. So um, it was absolutely amazing just to, again, see that not only has she worn it proud, but they actually have communities within London and they proudly wear vitiligo or whatever skin condition that they have. And it's amazing to see people take whatever they were given by God and just find a way to make the most of it. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing and it's so empowering and inspirational. So what would you like to see for your growth in the future? Um, So personally, right now, I am working on this sustainable networking project. Um, Over 24 (laughs) million business cards get printed on the daily. And it's one of my goals to reduce those numbers because honestly, one of my favorite childhood memories was tree planting with my dad and to know the process of sitting there planting one little tree and knowing how long it takes just to be a full-size tree that people actually cut down and make X amount of paper with is just, it's heartbreaking. I know how much time that goes into that and years even And to look back on my childhood and to see how much business cards get wasted, especially at trade shows, um, it makes me disgusted. I ended up going and uh, doing a bit of a reverse mentoring as a kid. So as I said, I wanted to be everything and anything. And I felt that the perfect way to enter any industry was to find X amount of connections, teach yourself, learn as much as you possibly can, and sort of wiggle your way in. So I started off as a brand ambassador for God knows how long. I did everything from trade shows um, involving plumbing to culinary to dentistry to beauty to um, trades, etc. And I met a ton of people at those trade shows. They were absolutely amazing. And At first, I would see it as a fun little game to take as many business cards home as I possibly could, make a crazy stack. But at the same time, looking back now, it's like you see the amount of plastic that gets wasted. If any one of those cards got dropped, it could have fallen into the wrong hands and people can really misuse information, especially if you're unfortunately in America. I find that when I come back to America, I always get the (laughs) highest amount of scams or frauds on my cards. Um, But again, that's your personal identification. That's a lot of information that people can abuse. And on top of that, 
once you have those business cards, what are you going to do with it? You're going to sit there and you're, you're going to tell me that every single one of those business cards, you're going to take the time to manually enter them and just save them. And on top of that, reach out to those people and hope that they reply, hope that they remember you. So I found a way from modeling, actually. I played with this concept for my own portfolio, go figure. It gained a lot of traction from governments to even airports of some islands to um, even palaces, fingers crossed. And basically, people saw it as a very efficient, sustainable way to transfer resources. And I basically sat back realizing I had an idea that I was looking to make no money off of and people just kept demanding it. So (laughs) I've been using this time during COVID to just really take a step back. Obviously, I want to make that sort of green social impact on the world and um, I think this might be an amazing way to start. Absolutely. I'm so excited for you. I remember when you first told me about this and I was like, um, what kind of genius are you? Like what? It was, it was absolutely amazing. So I'm so excited for you and I can't wait till everything's like on and popping and every, everything is what it is for you because I think it's such it's such an a, an incredibly smart idea and it's like why have we not been doing that already right. <laughs> you know it's and it's so true I mean everyone's everyone's all about networking and connecting and I mean you know obviously now with um with everything going on with COVID, I mean, you know, the events and, and things like conventions and trade shows and all that, you know, they're canceled and knowing that's not happening right now, but obviously we all are in the hopes that life is going to get back to normal because it has to, you know, the the pendulum always swings the other way, you know, what falls must come back up, you know, that kind of concept. So I really, really wish you the best for that because I'm so, so excited for you. I think it's such an incredible idea. So now if someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way to go? about that? I would say either on LinkedIn, um, you can find me at Joanna Cabildo or Joanna Rose C on Instagram, which is J-O-H-A-N-N-A-R-O-S-E-C. Awesome. So I always like to close our digital coffee dates with advice or words of wisdom. So what would you tell a woman who has a passion project on her heart and maybe feeling like she doesn't have the resources or connections to pursue it? In all honesty, honey, there's no such thing as not having resources or not having connections or anything like that in this day and age, thankfully. Um, Make use of the internet as much as you can. And just remember that closed mouths don't get fed. At the end of the day, there's a ton of women. I know they might seem intimidating. I, for one, am guilty for never smiling on my photos, but... Trust me, if you take the time to reach out to people, be honest, be authentic, and just tell them what your goal is, I feel like they would be more than happy to sit there and give you a piece of their time. Not to say that people won't say no, it's bound to happen. And at the same time, you just need to focus on all the yeses. Someone might tell you no, but you have to keep in mind that there are literally billions of other women, of other people out there in this world. And one closed door doesn't mean 
everyone's doors shut. Absolutely. And that's a big theme in a lot of these episodes because that, that I have on the show here, because you know, we talk a lot about taking the plunge. I had another woman who said, just do it. You know, you're you're not going to hear yes every single time. But just as you said, you know, just because someone says no, it doesn't mean every door is a no. You know, you just have to keep knocking. Time is definitely a factor as well. If you are pressed for time, definitely don't focus on the nose. Make sure you reach out to as many people as possible. I know in a lot of e-commerce situations and scenarios that they have online, they'll tell you to keep knocking on the door of that same customer and pray that they become a returning customer. However, if you are crunched for time, definitely do everything you can and reach out to as many people as possible. That way you won't get stuck on deadlines. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joanna, it was so wonderful having you on the show today and learning all about how you're connecting and empowering women on a global scale. And we truly look forward to seeing the incredible impacts you are going to continue to make in a variety of industries. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Jess. This was a pleasure and hope to see you soon and wish you all the best for future endeavors. Thank you for listening to The Digital Coffee Date, where inspiration ignites meaningful action. Be sure to visit thedigitalcoffeedate.com to sign up for your free membership where you can go beyond our digital coffee dates and discuss episode topics on our growing digital community.